It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Progressive presents Get Pumped, inspiration to help you do insurance stuff. Okay, time out. You're going to let your budget be the boss of you? Take control with Progressive's Name Your Price tool. Tell us what you want to pay for car insurance, and we'll help you find options that fit your budget. Here's some music to get you pumped. I hear your budget laughing at you. Oh, wait, that's just those kids laughing at me. Ignore them! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
To the Heavy Metal Mayhem Radio Show. It is February 4th, the first Sunday show of 2018 in February. We got a great one for everybody tonight. Neil Wilkinson from Spot Warrior. We're going to be talking to Neil in about two seconds. And after that, Gary from Tankard in the second half of the show. It's getting late in the UK, and Neil is on live with us tonight. So let's get him connected. While we do that, we opened up tonight with a little Exuma and Reign of Sadness. They put out a new record about a year ago. It's actually pretty phenomenal. And we had uh, we had Mem on the show, but we had a lot of uh, trouble with the connection that day. So it wasn't really the, the best interview ever. But we'll get him back on again before the end of the year. All right, let's uh, see what we have. Skype changed their whole thing around here. So let's see how we uh, find who we're looking for on here and get Neil connected. All right, that worked. Okay, let's give this a shot. Bear with me a second. Okay. This should work. Neil, it's Mike. Can you hear me? Hi, Mike. You all right? I'm doing good. How are you tonight? I'm good, thanks. Good to hear you again. You know, I was just thinking it's been about five years since we spoke. Yeah. That's a long. That's a long time. It is, yeah. But I think 2012 wasn't it? The last time we spoke. Yeah, I, I want to say uh, not long after Behind Closed Eyes came out, maybe a year or so. Yeah, yeah, but something like yeah, I think Behind Closed Eyes came out. Yeah. Uh, 2010, I think. So yeah, I think it was about a year or two. I tell you, time flies by really quick. But actually, it took a really long time for me as a fan to get new music from you guys. But Held the Pay is out. And man, yeah. what a job you guys! Neil, can you hear me? Yeah, you, yeah I'd lost you for a second there, okay. but I can hear you now. Okay, I think we're connected again. All right, yeah. I was saying, Hell the Pay took a long time to come out, but it was well worth the wait. You did a great job on this record. Oh, thanks very much. I'm pleased you like it. You know, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, it did take a while, so. Uh, I think we keep losing Neil here. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I got you back now. We're good. Uh, yeah. So so eight years between records, I mean, was it just life getting in the way or, you know, other things kind of took precedence over getting new music out? But pre- pretty much life getting in the way. Um, I mean, when we record, we do it in the home studio. So it's a, it's, it's a bit of a juggling act with sort of family life and uh you know, pe- people's got other commitments and things like that. Uh, there was a couple of issues with health uh, with me and, uh, and one of the other guys. Uh, so all that stuff just adds up and it just ends up taking longer than you, you want it to take, really. 
True. You know, when you're 20 years old, these aren't the things you're thinking about in the future, what could happen. Then you get there, yeah. you're like, boy, life really, <laughs> life is really something to laugh at sometimes. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, there's been a lot going on. So, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's been an eventful uh, eight year between this young closed eyes and this one, that's for sure. Yeah. You know, I love Behind Closed Eyes when it came out. I thought it took the band in a little different direction than the Spartan Warrior, you know, or, or the Steel and Chains album. But yeah. Help the Pay kind of bridges the gap, I think, in between those two eras of the band. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think so. I mean, it, it, I mean, I'm pleased that you you think that, but it, as usual with us, I, I don't think it was an intentional thing. We just tend to sort of get. I mean, we get together every Thursday at mine and, and we rehearse whether whether we need to or not. Uh, and of course, we jam on new ideas and stuff. And, and what happens happens. Uh, and, and if we like an idea, then we'll we'll work on it further. Um, but the, I think you, you you're dead right in what you're saying, as much as it does bridge that gap between the first two albums and, and behind closed eyes. Yeah. I, I know we're really happy with it. Yeah, you know, because so many bands they they either strive to sound like they did like in 1980 when their first record came out, or they go in a yeah. completely different direction. But like you said, if it doesn't come natural, you're not writing how you feel or the mood that you're yeah. in, how can it be good to anybody if it's not good to you? Well, well, that's it. I mean, the way I see it is I don't see the point in trying to be something you're not. Um, and I, I think regardless of what line Spartan Warrior has had, I think we've always worked that way and, and we've never sort of, thought when we're going to do an album right we're going to try and be like this or, or whatever we just like you say jam on ideas and, and and what comes out comes out true you, you know now when you think about it the band came out around 1980 if i remember yeah 38 years ago and when the band got started there really was no name for what you guys were doing or other bands were doing it became known as the new wave of british heavy metal but i'm sure it wasn't known as that when you guys were a part of it and starting out that whole scene. Well, no, uh, I mean, I mean to be to be honest, I don't think it's something that's unique to us. When when we first started playing, we were just playing rock music or metal uh, at the time, and like you said, I mean, the term "new wave of British heavy metal" hadn't been around that long. I think it had sort of it was first used around about '79 uh, when that term was first used. But even when we were, we were beginning to play, we, we didn't see ourselves as that. We were just playing rock. Um, I mean, to be included in the new wave of British heavy metal is great. I mean, but I'm pretty sure a lot of bands around about that time when they were starting to play probably didn't see themselves as being put into that category. Um, I, get, I don't know why people, I think people like the departmentalize things over and sort of give it a label. That's true, and it's still going on until today. Uh, yeah. There are so many labels, I can't even keep track anymore. I mean, I listen to some of these, I'm like, what kind of music is that? Is it rock? Is it, is it metal? They, they, they've broken it down into so many sub-genres. You oh, can't yeah. keep track anymore. To me, it's always just rock and roll, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I mean, I still think of it that way, really. I mean, there's always loads of discussion over what and what means, when it was, who who's in who's in the Wobbin band and who isn't. And at the end of the day, when it, it all just comes down to is, is it either good or is it bad music? Do you like it or you don't? That, I mean, for me, that's the way I look at it, a label to label. And at the end of the day, it doesn't really mean anything. 
That's true. I mean, did you realize there was a lot going on? Like, there was a movement taking place when the band first started? Because you had bands like Saxon maybe coming oh, into yeah. the first record and Iron Maiden yeah. and so many of you guys playing at that time. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, the, round about that time, I mean, I was going to see bands like Saxon and, and Iron Maiden. I mean, Saxon especially was still sort of, when I first started going to see bands, was still playing sort of like the club circuit. Uh, in the area that where where I grew up, so we would go and see bands like Saxon and White Spirit and Limelight and, and people like that. Um, so you, we were well aware of what was going on, um, and, and of course, I mean, I, I knew from a really early age that I wanted to, to play music and I wanted to be in a band. Uh, whether or not I was ever going to make any kind of a success out of it was, was neither here nor there. I just wanted to do it, but it, but it was great being able to go and see bands like that when, when literally they were just starting off really um, it, it, I probably learned a lot by doing that and going to see them play yeah well, was there a pretty good support system back then for bands I mean with, with like other bands or with pubs or, or places to play was there a support system where everybody kind of worked together to kind of further um, the scene along I, I would say not as much as it is now it, it, I think bands work much more closely with each other now. I know we do with a lot of other northern bands um, from our area and some from down south as well. But I know all, all the guys like from Holocaust and Avenger and Tyson Dog will all work really closely. We do gigs together and, and we do support each other quite a bit, you know. Um, so, I mean... But back then, I would say not not so much. So you were, I don't know what it was, but I think we we just concentrated that much on doing our own thing, and there wasn't really the festivals like it is now. Now to me, that made a, a big difference, because when we first reformed, and, and of course, the first gigs we got were, were were festivals, and of course, that's when you get to meet all all the other guys in all the other bands, and and I think we've all grown up a bit and. We're maybe not as competitive as we used to be. Yeah, I can get that. I mean, when you think about it, the band broke up around 85, maybe 86, I want to say, in that area. And that was just at the time when heavy metal really, you know, took a foothold and got strong and and exploded. And you guys kind of ended right, you know, before it took off. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, again, I mean, that was was just life getting in the way, really. It, it, It sort of came down to the the decision like can we make a living out of playing in a band or or can we not and, and at the time i mean dave in particular i, mean, I know you won't mind us saying this uh he just got married just got the mortgage and all the rest of it and he had a he had a tough decision to make and, and he decided that, that he couldn't continue in the band at that time um and, and pretty much like any band that because we were we were a pretty tight knit bunch as well. I mean, we still are, uh, even with the new the new guys in the band and that. But uh, but even then, it, it was sort of he had he had to do it for for his own reasons, and pretty much when you got someone like Dave in a band, what once you lose one piece when something that sort of like tightly knit. Then it, it's never quite the same. Even when you you audition new people and and stuff, it, it's never quite the same. Especially back then. So eventually, I mean, me and two of the other guys carried on for quite some time. But we, uh, in fact, for maybe a couple of years after that, just the three of us meeting up and 
writing and, and, and jamming on ideas, and then we just decided to call it a day. But really, that that was the reason, just just life getting in the way. Yeah, I'm sure at that point in time, it, it's heartbreaking, you know, because yeah. you know you put so much time into it. But then, you know, if yeah. you could just, you know, you wait five, six, seven years until like the early '90s, the yeah. scene kind of disappeared anyway. So do you say to yourself, you know, maybe we got out at the right time because, yeah. you know. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm sure we always found a crystal ball, so we knew what was coming. But um, <laughs> it's it, that that's just the way it is, and that's the way things panned out at that particular time. And and it, there's no point dwelling on it. You you just look at what you you've got now, and you and you just get on and try and make the best with what you've got, really. That's true. Was there any? Was there ever a point in time before 2006 that you tried to put it back together? Was that the first kind of time where you said, you know, let's do this again? Um, I think there, there wasn't really sort of like a, a, a conscious effort to, to, to put Spartan Warrior back together as such. I, I know round about, I think it might have been 86-ish, um, we all met up and we, we demoed um, a few songs in a little studio uh, close to where we lived. But, but it was just for the fun of it, really. It wasn't really... Um, with the intention of putting it back together, then all I'm sure we might have been thinking. I know I was possibly thinking it, but it, it just didn't feel like the right time at all. Um, I mean, for me, it felt like the right time when we actually did put it back together. In, I think it was 2009, uh, I decided to get it going again. Yeah. Uh, the songs that you demoed back in 86, did any of them or any of those riffs kind of make it onto some of the later albums, or did they kind of get forgotten? From what I can remember, I think Terror Your Heart made it on Behind Closed Eyes. In fact, I did have made it on Behind Closed Eyes. Um, in fact, on Behind Closed Eyes, there was a there was a quite a few older songs on that. It was a mixture of songs. I mean, Never Take Me Alive was off 1983, and and that was actually recorded for Stealing Chains, and uh, the guy who was producing it strapped it. He didn't think it was working, so so we had to ditch that. So when we reformed to do Behind Closed Eyes, uh, that was the first song we recorded because uh, we felt it was turning out great. We felt it was one of the, would have been one of the better songs on um, on Steel and Chains. Uh, so it was all, we were on a bit of a mission to get that one done uh, as soon as we could, really. Yeah. You know, no, there are so many bands out there today, and because of home recording and how easy it is to, you know, record your songs and kind of release your own record, yeah. a lot of a lot of garbage kind of gets put out. But back then, you know, for you to get signed to a label, even a small independent label, yeah. you really had to have something going on. Do you remember when you first got signed to your first contract? Oh, yeah. Um, I, I mean, well, it, it sort of happened slowly for, for us. I, I'd heard that um, Guardian were looking for bands uh, to put in a compilation album. So we, we just recorded a, re- a rehearsal on um, on a cassette and uh, went through to the studio, met, met the guy who owned the studio, and he picked Steel and Chains and Easy Prayer, and he said he was going to release a compilation album. And those two songs, well, it was Steel and Chains and Easy Prayer. Was, Easy Prayer was actually credited on uh, the Pure Overkill album. It, it comes as no surprise. I, I don't know why. <laughs> we don't, still don't know how that happened, but, but it did. Um, yeah. And then after Pure Overkill came out, he sort of ran the idea past us of, of doing uh, a, a full-length album. So we did that by going in and recording just two songs at a time when we could afford to do it. 
so it, it took a while to do. Um, and then, of course, that got put back a bit, like I say, when we do Never Take Me Alive, because that got strapped. I forget what song went on in its place. Uh, it might have been Don't Be A Loser. I can't quite remember. Um, and then it was why we would were actually, I think we just finished Stealing Chains, and um, Terry from Guardian had said he'd been contacted by Roadrunner Records, who were interested in signing us. So the second album got started pretty much straight away. Um I mean, we signed with Roadrunner, um, I think even before Steel and Chains had come out. Um, and then Steel and Chains got released while we were recording uh, the second album. So a lot of the songs on the second album are actually older than the songs on Steel and Chains. Because, of course, we'd used all the, what we thought was our best material on Steel and Chains. Um, and some got written, of course, while we were uh, recording uh, the second album as well. Yeah, well, Roadrunner definitely a bigger label than Guardian. I mean, I remember Guardian. Oh, yeah. Battleaxe was signed to them. Helen Bach, yeah. uh, yeah. I think Mithron. I think you at your band was actually I think one of the last releases that they actually put out. Yeah, I, I think there was a couple after us. Um, I can't remember if uh, Millennium's album came out after it was around about the same time. I think there was a, a, bl- a band called Split Crow um, released something on there uh, on Guardian. Uh, but I, I don't think too much else happened after that, really. Yeah. Was Roadrunner more of a difficult label to deal with, or were they all kind of the same at the time? Well, well, it, it was sort of a different animal in as much as rather than uh, sort of the producer and studio owner also owning the label. It was a it was a, a bigger setup, although at the time Roadrunner was. A, they were more or less just starting out themselves, I, I think. Uh, I don't think they've been around that long. Um, and it, it just seemed like it was a, a, a bit more serious, a, a, a bit, you know, the the way they went about things. And I think they had a bit more clout than Guardian did, uh, for certain. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was a, definitely a step in the right direction, I think. Yeah, well, these days with Pure Steel now, Pure Steel probably one of the bigger labels. They've pretty much got, I think, every band from coast to coast, continent to continent, signed yeah. to them. So yeah. I mean, in a way, you're on a on a label with a really big roster. Does that help offer support to the band more? I mean, like just just not financially, I mean, with anything. Yeah, I mean, in in terms of promoting the album, it's been great um, because I, I don't think uh, behind closed eyes it got much of a push at all, really. Um, but signing the from signing with Pure Steel, it, it's it's been really positive, really good, and the the really seem to be getting behind uh, the album and the band. Uh, and like you said, they've made some great signings as well. Um, I know they've just signed Cloven Hoop and Weapon, um, so it, it, it's all looking good, you know. Yeah, there's a surprise. I mean, you know, when you think about it, there was a break in between, but. 38 years, probably more yeah. than that, that you've had this going on, and so many other bands from your area still going at it and still playing today. I mean, that's yeah. amazing. And, and you sound even better than you did all those years ago. <laughs> Thanks very much. Uh, it is kind of amazing that uh, there's so many. I guess if it's in your blood, it's in your blood, you know, and you, and you just keep doing it. And I, I'm pretty sure that's what's going on, because like you say, there's, there's so many bands from back then still playing. And still doing it, you know. And, and I mean, <laughs> the likes of me and David, we're not getting any younger, so 
It's definitely for the love of doing it. Uh, true. You know, I had gotten an email about a week or two ago from somebody saying that he just found my show and he loves it that I play the oldies. So I was oh. like, the oldies? I said, when I get that, I think of the music my parents used to listen to in the 40s and 50s. And, you know, I'm like, wow, did I really hit that point in life yet where the 70s and 80s are old? But I, I guess it is to some people. Uh, well, yeah. Well, well, I, I guess it is now. I mean, when you look at sort of, well, like you said, nearly 38 years, you know, so <laughs> I suppose we're all these now. Yeah. Well, you know, when you think about it, like you said, good music is good music and it never goes anywhere. And I think that, you know, we kind of hit that plateau now where hard rock and heavy metal is here to stay. Maybe at a different level yeah. than it was in the 80s, but does it feel better now? Does it feel like the pressure is off and you could just like enjoy it and have fun right now? Yeah. I mean, I mean that that's my main reason for, for still doing it and, it and it was the reason I got into it in the first place, I, I don't believe that anybody gets into a band to to make money because the, the, the reality of it is, is apart from the lucky few, there's, there's never really any money in it um, and and I'm, I think we're all fine with that, you know I'm fine with it It's it, I still enjoy playing, I still enjoy hanging around with the lads, I still enjoy you know, getting the ferry over to, to Europe to, to do a gig, it's it's still good fun. And and that's and that's what it should be. That that is all it's about these days. You don't have to worry about the pressure making it getting signed. You're supposed yeah. to have fun. I think that shows more in the music because, you know, you don't have to worry about all the yeah. other stuff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's you know, and like you say, things have changed so much. Uh, I mean I mean you, you were saying earlier about how people record themselves. I mean and that's what I do. I mean, it's a pretty decent setup that I've got, but we're recording it. I've managed to knock myself up a little home studio, and that's where we do all our stuff now. So, you know, in a way, it's good to be self-sufficient like that because you can just work on things. I think if we were talking about doing another album, I think what I would do this time is we'll write a song, record it, then write another one, then record it, and then next thing you know you've, you've got the next album done and finished you know that's that's true so. well, well that's why having your own equipment i think makes it better for an artist and for a band because you can do it that way where back in the day you have to get a whole bunch of money together go yeah. into a studio pay so much money to record it that by the time you got to the mixing part you either yeah. broke or didn't have enough to really complete what you yeah. wanted to do yeah absolutely mine haven't said that i mean <laughs> I think I sat down and worked out uh, the, the other day that by the time I'd, I'd bought all the gear, because I upgraded everything for, for Hell to Pay. Um, I upgraded me, me, me recording setup. Um, I think I, I worried about that. All the money I'd spent, we could have paid to go in and do it somewhere and get it done. So it's, it sort of swings and rounds about. It still comes at a cost, but I, I, I enjoy doing it and actually enjoy sort of the technical side of of, of recording and, and working on songs, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, is the internet uh, more of a helping tool for bands today, or do you think it kind of hurts them? I think it's probably a bit of both. Um, it, it's, it's definitely a good thing in as much, like you say, it's, it's, it's easier to, to get your stuff out there, and it's more instant, and, and you can engage with people easier, you know. I mean, back in the day, it was all snail mail, and even sending a demo off, you, you, you were talking maybe a couple of months before you got a reply, if you got a reply at all. Yeah. Whereas now, it, it's, 
it's all there for everyone to see or hear at the push of a button. But like you said, the downside of that is that because it's that instant and because it's that accessible, there's a danger you'll get lost among the thousands and thousands of other things that have been put out as well. Uh, I think, like I said, I think it was a bit more selective uh, before the internet because it had to be, really. That, that's true. And I, I know today, it's, I don't know if it's maybe a generational thing or it's everybody, but people don't even give anything a chance anymore. Like, they'll come to your new record, play two seconds of a song, yeah. and if it doesn't grab them, they move on. I mean, does that make it yeah. harder as an artist where you say to yourself, you know, we kind of got to get their attention right away? Or, you yeah. Know? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean that, I think that is sort of the way it is now. And it's a shame because I, I think I had a discussion with somebody about this before. And I was I was telling them that some of my favourite albums are ones that it took us a while to get into them. Um, and, and like you said, just to listen to a couple of songs and think, oh well, I don't like that, and then just just discard it or delete it off your whatever you've downloaded it onto. It's a bit of a shame because sometimes if you live with something and go back to it, it actually ends up um, probably being one of your favourite things. It was certainly the case with me. Which True. Some of the albums I listen to now and, and, and that. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I agree. Absolutely. I mean, people, you know, when you spent your hard earned money on a record back in the 80s, that they weren't yeah. cheap back then, and you came home and you didn't like it, you made yourself like that record. You played it over <laughs> and over again until I, you learned to love it. <laughs> I de- definitely, whether, whether I was like it or not, I was going to make sure I'll, I got to spend some money. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, in a way, I mean, I know there's been a. I think people bought records for a few different reasons then as well. And especially with the vinyl, people were buying it for the artwork as well. Um, and I know Dave's really big on that sort of thing. He loves all the, the artwork and listening to his, his vinyl stuff. But it, it, there's been a bit of a resurgence in that, hasn't there? So um, I'm, yeah. you, you never know that that might be the one thing that sort of like brings it back to where it used to be. Um, if all of a sudden people are buying it not just for the actual music but for the actually owning sort of the album itself, it's, I think that can only be a good thing. Oh, I, I agree. I, I mean, I was kind of heartbroken back in eighty, in the mid eighties, when you know CDs came out and they were replacing the yeah. vinyl, and then yeah. you know cassettes went bye bye. Then it was MP3s. I said, you know what? Yeah. This is the world we live in. The next thing you know. Yeah. I see a record label putting out vinyl again, and then another yeah. label. I'm like, and I was like in heaven because I love my vinyl too, and I, 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 know I buy it. I mean, I always buy everything yeah. because that's the generation I came from. You paid for your music like you paid yeah. for a movie ticket or a theater ticket, you yeah. know. And I, I, if it can't bring it back and get people buying again, that's a, that's an incredible thing in my opinion. Well, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, at the end of the day, even if you play music for fun. The, the reality of being in the band is it, is it costs money to be in the band. And unless it's supported, then people haven't got bottomless pockets. To, in fact, I've heard of a few bands that have had to call it a day because they just can't afford to do it anymore. Uh, and that's the reality of, of the situation, really. It's true. People forget that it's money in the, you know, like, well, how come the band doesn't come play where I live? How come the band doesn't put out a new record yeah. every year? Because it takes money and, you know, buy a yeah. t-shirt, buy a record, buy a CD, yeah. even download it legally and pay for it. Just 
yeah. know, let the band get some of that money so they can't. Yeah. They're not expecting to become millionaires or rich. They just want to, you know, yeah. make enough to pay for the next record. Yeah, it, absolutely. You know, so it, I mean, like, yeah, my, that's why I invested in my own recording gear so that now <laughs> we've got that, that's bought and paid for. So that's sort of one pressure off and then we can sort of concentrate on finance and gigs, you know. But, but like you say, unless it's supported, then it, it, it becomes really difficult because no one can afford to do it forever if, you know, they keep taking it sort of a hit in the pocket all the time. Uh, so, yeah, that, it, and it's good. I mean, people do come to gigs and they do, you know, get a T-shirt or a CD, and it, it's great, you know. So one of the best feelings in the world when somebody's doing that. that that's know, right. They value what you do. Absolutely. Well, Neil, I'm not going to keep you much longer, man. I know it's getting late. I want to play a couple of tunes off the new record. Do you have anything coming up, uh, you know, soon that you want to mention? Any shows or anything? Or you, you're putting stuff together for the year? Um, well, at the moment, the, the only show we've got in, we're doing their funeral fest um, in Cumbria, uh, over in the sort of the west coast of the UK. Um, but we're, we're busy talking to, um, to promoters at the moment for uh, so, some festivals. And I know some some of our friends got out and played in Brazil uh, last year, and I'm I've I've been mad keen to, to to get over there for for a few years now. In fact, it nearly happened at one point, and then unfortunately the cost of flights <laughs> yeah. sort, of, uh, sort of put a stop to that one. But I, I'm looking to, to to work on getting that done, and of course we'll be, we'll be working on more material, and you know see if we can uh, get enough stuff together for another album. I think we've got quite a few ideas waiting there to be, to be worked on. Um, but yeah, just <laughs> more gigs, more songs. <laughs> that's, about, that's about the size of it. That's all that matters. And listen, I don't want to wait five years to talk again, so let's get that new record out in the next year <laughs> yeah. or two, and we'll, we'll do this again. Okay, Mike. All right, Neil. It was great talking to you again. Man. You have a great night. I'm yeah. going to play some songs off the new record for everybody. All right, great talking to you, Mike. You too. Take care, Neil. Okay, bye.
Hunt Warrior off the Hell the Pay record. Walls fall down and before that, let him go. I know it's only the first week of February, but I can already feel like I've got one of my favorite albums of the year already in the can. Great job. I want to thank Neil for staying up late tonight, at least where he is in the UK, and talking to us. We still have Geary from Tankit coming up in about a half hour or so. We got a whole bunch of music to play between now and then, some new stuff, some classics, or the oldies like I was talking about with Neil. Uh, but I know last week, John, I promised him Saxon, and I hadn't had a chance to get around to playing it, so let's get on some brand new Saxon. They played rock and roll, a song about Lemmy and Motorhead.
All right, Iron Angel in the rush of power. They have a brand new record coming out. I'm not sure the exact release date. I'll check on that for you. It's pretty soon. Uh, it's called uh, Hellbound, and they have clips of a new song called Ministry of Metal up on the internet. Uh, it doesn't sound too bad, but it's really hard to get a good feel for it because it's like five seconds of music, then a little talk in a video clip, then five seconds of music. So hopefully when the whole thing comes out, we'll know for sure if Iron Angel are back. I've talked to Dirk Schroeder, I don't know how many times over the years, about getting him on the show. Uh, it's just that he feels like he won't be able to communicate well enough with the language barrier uh, to do the interview. So he always wants one of the newer members to do it who has a better grasp of English. But they really haven't been in the band very long to even talk about anything. Some of them weren't even in the band <laughs> the album was recorded. Uh, so, you know, if I'm going to talk to somebody, I really want it to be him so we can go over the whole history of the, the group. But maybe one day it'll happen and work. You never know, right? All right, we got Gary from Tanky coming up in about uh, 20 minutes or so. We'll get out some more new music first, and then we'll jump back into the classics. Let me see what I have. I have quite a few things tonight. just have to go through them to see what we have. Some stuff didn't upload. All right, you know what? Let's do some Mike LaPon. He has his band Silent Assassin. It's a little side project he does. Mike is in, like, every single band in the world playing bass. So, uh, But this is his own thing, and I think we're going to have Mike on the show either at the end of the month or maybe in the beginning of March. I'm still working on setting that up. We actually had a full guest load for the month of February, but... We'll try to squeeze them in if we can, but Antichrist. Like 
personality. The man is 70 years old today, still going out there, writing new music, performing, putting on incredible stage shows. I mean, I really wasn't into Alice Cooper as a kid. He was a little before my time and a little less harder than the stuff I was getting into back in the late 70s than him. But, you know, over the years, you learn to appreciate what he does. And Tommy and I caught him in Long Island in Westbury. I can't remember who they were opening for. I know Queensryche was on the bill, Alice Cooper. It might have been Saxon. I don't really recall, to be honest with you. Uh, But he put on an amazing show, just like always. So happy birthday to Alice Cooper at 70. Before that, brand new loudness, I See the Light. That tune kind of reminds me of old school loudness. There are a couple of other songs on the record that are real thrashy and fast. And the vocals don't have that same vibe as they do on some of the slower stuff. But a pretty good album that I'm hearing so far. And before that, Michael LaPone's Silent Assassin with Antichrist. Alan Tecchio from Hades. Uh, he's the only other guy in the band who's like a regular on that. It's really a project, not a full-time band. But Alan does all the vocals on it. Uh, this new record has Metal Mike playing guitar, 
Uh, Mike Romeo from Mike's Other Dance Symphony X plays guitar, drums, and keyboards on this record. He's got a great thing going on with this with these albums, and I love it. I hope he keeps putting more and more of them out. All right, we're going to talk to Gary from Tankin in a little bit. Let's get on one or two more tunes before we do that. Uh, let me see. How about some Hyrax? Brooks Krieg Air Attack.
you know, I love all the new music Testament's been putting out over the years, and I'm glad they're still at it and, and still good at what they do. But, man, you take me back to those first three records. I love it. Disciples of the Watch off the New Order record. Love it, man. All right, we're going to get on some – and before that, what did we do before that? We did Hyrax. I don't know what's going on with those guys. It's been about four years since they put out a record. Uh, but, that you know, that's kind of the way that they go anyway. It was four or five years, I think, between Immortal Legacy, which was the last record, and I think it was El Rosto de la Muerta that came out in 2008 or nine. So maybe uh, this year or next year we'll get a new record. But it just seems to be pretty quiet lately. Kane's got his DJ thing going on, and maybe that's kind of uh, taken away from creating new music and playing live. But hopefully this or next year will be the year we get brand new Hyrax. All right, let's jump into some classic tankard. We'll go back to the old days. Actually, the new album is uh, a best of record from the, maybe the last 10 years or so. So we'll uh, play some old stuff and some semi-old stuff in between the interview. But uh, let's do Total Addiction. We'll talk to Gary right after that. I'll play something off the latest release. Take that move and stop the 
Hey, this is Mike. How are you? Hey, this is Gary Singer of Tanker. Nice talking to you. You too. Hey, listen, I'm a fan going back to the early 80s when I was a demo tape trader, and I got a copy of that first demo tape, so it's been a really long time with you guys. I don't believe that. Oh, <laughs> really? Yeah, 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 heavy metal Vanguard demo, 1984. Oh, yeah, great. <laughs> back in 84, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah, it's, a, it's been a long great. ride and, and a great one, and I'm glad that you're still putting out music. And the thing is that it keeps getting better and better with every album. Yeah, like an old wine. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, but you know, you had the new album out about a year ago, but this year it's about a compilation album that sort of, a, I guess, maybe covers like the last 15 years of the band. Yeah, so it, it, it's a time when we were under contract with ASM Records between 2002 and 2010. And, um, yeah, the guys came up with the idea to bring out, uh, yeah, somehow like a compilation album. And so we cooperate with them. It's always better as a band to cooperate to bring out a good product. And so we choose um, all the songs. And, yeah, finally we entered the official German charts. Ah. On place uh, 83 with a compilation album that is, uh, yeah, unbelievable because there are no new songs on it. And um, there, there's a limited edition as a box, you know, it's the alien inside and um, yellow, like yellow gold vinyl looking like beer. And um, then we have a, a limited edition of, of red vinyl. And yeah, really something for the die-hard tankard fans, I would say. And uh, so they bought his stuff, and so we are in the charts. So that's unbelievable. That's fantastic. That. that is so great. Did you ever think that there'd be a time when vinyl records came back again and people would want to buy them? I mean, vinyl came back already 10 years ago. Yeah. I, I really would say. And, um, yeah, maybe the CD is coming back one day. I don't know. So, so I, I, I'm, a, I'm still a CD freak. I need a final product in my hands. I need a booklet. I have to look at some pictures. I don't know. I, I'm a, I have a little collection here, Tom. Yeah. Yeah, a couple of thousands. <laughs> I'm sure. When you think about the bit, the band going back to the very beginning, you're all a bunch of young kids getting started out. Did you ever think you would run out of songs to write about when it came to beer? Yeah, so, <laughs> of course, at that time, we started to, to drink beer sometimes. But, um, yeah, we just called the second demo alcoholic metal because, um, yeah, it was just a joke because of all these kind of different um, metal styles came up, you know, black metal and all these poser stuff. And so we really did a joke out of it. And later on, of course, we did everything for that kind of image with albums like morning after and um chemical invasion and all that stuff and then yeah we had that kind of image and so in the middle of the 90s we really wanted to to get rid of this image but we totally failed of course nobody <laughs> believed us and so nowadays we do a lot of jokes with our own image and um yeah so nobody Nobody would believe Tankard if we now bring out a 100-person serious album with a serious album cover. So that really fits to us. That really fits the combination of, of thrash metal and fun and that certain kind of humor, you know? 
It does. What's great about it is that it shows that you guys are having fun and you could have a good laugh, but it's not stupid and it's not a joke and it's not goofy. It's just good fun with the music. Yes. So, I mean, of course, we also have very serious lyrics, but um, you can also have fun on stage to to play, um, yeah, to play thrash metal and, and a song with serious lyrics. That's no problem for us. True. Uh, did you think the band would still be going today? I mean, was there ever a time where it really got difficult and you thought about maybe just quitting and calling it a day? Uh, sorry, can you repeat the question? Didn't get it. I, I said the band's been around for over 35 years now. Was there ever a yeah, time when yeah. you thought about just not doing it anymore, that times just really got hard and you said, you know, I, I don't want to do this anymore? No, I, I really could believe, uh, I could imagine a, a life uh, without Tankard, so we keep on going. We still have a lot of fun to play that kind of music. I mean, we all have regular jobs. We are totally independent in what we do, and um, we don't have to play 200 shows in a year to survive. Um uh, by money, you know, and um, so I, I think we keep on going for the next 35 years, no problem. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I, I, I love that. I just have to live that long to enjoy it with you. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you, you and Frank have been with the band since the beginning, and, and even Olaf and Andy, yes. they've been with the group since the 90s. I mean, you've had such a consistent and stable lineup, and even the few members that came and went over the years actually did a pretty long time in the band to begin with. Yeah, so, I mean, Andy is now in the band since nearly 20 years, <laughs> and um, Olaf, 24 years. I mean, that is really, really a very long time, and Frank and me are together from the very first beginning. And, um, yeah, I, I could not imagine to, to make music with some other guys, so we are all cool friends, and this is somehow like a little family you know and yeah when we are on tour it's always have a lot of fun talking a lot of bullshit and yeah that 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 makes really fun sure well yeah <coughs> tank has had a very distinctive sound i mean your voice alone defines the band but each album is a little bit different than the one before you you kind of don't repeat yourself but you know that it's tanking when you hear the music yeah, I, I try to give my best always. Of course, we have different producers. Then um, it's cool that it sounded a little bit that different. I mean, of course, I'm now 50 years old. Uh, it's clear that it doesn't sound like when I'm 21, of course. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, we, we try to do, um, of course, um, the tankard style, but always to, to try try to do something new or a little bit different and to change something but um yeah it it always will be tankered inside when the when the name is outside on the cover yeah and the band has been a four piece now for quite a long time i mean do you find it better yeah. this way do you prefer to have it with the four piece band and have the two guitar players yeah, it's better to share share with uh, other three than with other four people. The the whole money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is a lot better. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, we just decided um, that in the middle of the nineties, when we were, um, yeah, when 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 Axel left the band, and yeah, so 
yeah, there's no discussion to, to put a second guitar player in the band. Yeah, and, and it really hasn't affected the sound, in my opinion. The band still has that heavy sound that you would expect from them with the two guitar players. It still sounds really good. Pardon? The band still sounds really heavy, even with one guitar player. Yeah, yeah, especially in life. It's, we can work with that, no problem. Yeah. I mean, how do you feel things have changed over the years? I mean, think about the 80s. I think Noise Records was the first label the band was signed to back then. Yes, and, and we have now we have now a lot of re-releases of all the albums with Noise Records. And, um, yeah, we also cooperate with them and, yeah, taking care about the booklets and new liner notes and all that stuff. And, yeah, looking back, I mean, everything was new. We were grown up with a new wave of British heavy metal. Yeah, like <laughs> like bands like Raven and Jaguar and all that bands. Of course, all, also the bigger bands like Iron Maiden and Judas Priest. And then the thrash metal wave from the Bay Area came over, and we were all totally infected, listening to the first, um, yeah, Exodus to the first Slayer album to the first Metallica and um yeah so you really can hear that on the on the second album chemical invasion that it was really in the direction of thrash metal yeah. but everything was new everything wow there is a magazine about heavy metal what what's that you know and yeah nowadays you go in the internet every, yeah you have so many information in 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 seconds and um yeah but um it's great still to be a part of, of the metal scene and um yeah. So Yeah. The beginning the beginnings were like, yeah, heavy metal was something new nowadays it's uh yeah. One well, different kind of music, you know. But sure. um yeah, we were at the time um yeah, we, we were in the beginnings, you know, that was very very excited, you know. Yeah, so so many bands from Europe back in the '80s were influenced by, you know, the different styles coming out of America back then. Like it says, you know, the thrash metal from the Bay Area, but it seems like today more bands are influenced by the scene from the bands in Germany. I mean, you think about back then, except Creator, Sodom, Yourself, Destruction. So many amazing bands came out of that area, and now today everybody kind of looks at Germany to set the example for metal. Yeah, so the metal scene was. Um grown up in, in in the 80s and it's it's still very big i mean from may to to september every weekend you go to two different metal festivals a smaller one bigger one <coughs> yeah a lot of concerts a lot of clubs so a lot of people listening to to that kind of music and then you know, of course you have a lot of bands and um yeah i i am now 100% the reason for that but um, it's cool <laughs> yeah, well, I know, I know, like you said, being in the position you're in now, you don't have to go out on these big tours and play all the time. You can pick and choose when and where you want to play. I mean, is it better that way, where you know you can play it at a place that you know you're going to play for an audience of people that want to see you, and have to keep going to small clubs along the tour route? Yeah. So as I told you before, we all have regular jobs, so we are not able to play so many shows in a year and and can't play all the offers. But um, yeah, we, we love the the small club gigs as well as the big uh, festival shows. It's always great to to be on stage and communicate with people. And so 
Yeah. So we have to come back to the States one day, of course. Uh, that would be nice. Well, I mean, you know, One Foot in the Grave came out uh, only about a year ago, and now you have the compilation. Yes. Are, are you looking to another album of new material maybe for next year? No, there are no plans at the moment. Oh, so okay. Keep calm. <laughs> <laughs> keep calm and have a beer. No. So it's 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 always a lot of a lot of work to to create new songs, to write new songs, and you don't want we don't want to bring out just an album. I mean, it has to be a good quality. And so at the moment there are no plans to bring out uh, a new album. But I think uh yeah, there there will be one day we we start with new material. We will see, but there are no plans at the moment. Does it get harder and harder to write new material? Yes, so many yes. records, it's, you don't want to repeat yourself. That's right. It's getting really hard. I mean, we all have regular jobs and um, doing that in our free time, and it's always yeah. Um, very hard to put 10 good songs together or 11 good songs together. And, um, yeah, you, you always try to keep the quality of the last album. And, um, yeah, that, that's not so easy, and that's a lot of work. True. Well, I, I feel like One Foot in the Grave took the band in a little different direction, especially lyrically. I mean, much different than past albums. Uh, it's always a good combination of um, funny and serious lyrics. I mean, um, I mean, we live at the moment in strange, strange times, and so I think that's the reason everybody asks us that we get um, more serious and seriously. But uh, we always try to to do this kind of mixture of, of funny stuff and serious stuff. But it has something to do with the times we live in. Yeah, what, well, you, I mean a song like a, a song like Syrian Nightmare, yeah, to to watch what what happens in that country and how many other countries involved in this bullshit with their special interests and um, yeah, but as I told you before, we always try to do a good mixture of humor stuff and serious stuff. Yeah, that you do. Okay, you do have quite a uh, quite a lot of shows lined up for this year coming up. I mean, I believe you're going to be at the True uh, Trash Fest in, in Japan in a couple of weeks. Yes, and we go play in a big festival in Mexico City in May. And at the moment, we try to organize some other shows around that day in South and Middle America. Yeah, playing some big festivals in Germany. So, yeah, so we are busy, still busy. That's always a good thing. Yes. Okay. I, I'm not going to keep you. I know you've been doing these things all day long. I'm probably the last on your list. But I, 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 <laughs> oh, no, I, I'm things cool. I can't thank you enough for talking with us today. I really do appreciate it. And I know you guys were here last, I think, at the Maryland Death Festival. I hope you can get back to the USA yeah, we, soon. We hope that too. And when we're going to meet each other, we're going to have a mineral water together. Sure. We'll, have a, nice, we'll have a nice mineral water. That sounds good to me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You, you take care of yourself. Great talking to you. Yeah. You take care too. Thanks. And thanks a lot for your support. Anytime. Thank, thank you. you. Take care. Yeah. Blow your body to fight me when I'm all over 
right, right after the interview, we did some tanked. What did we do? Oh, uh, Slipping from reality we did. I'm sorry. We got a little confused over there. <laughs> a little time off. And now Udo was back to back to hell. And actually, he's out there on the Back to Roots Tour Part 2. He announced his retirement from doing the Accept music about two years ago, maybe even a little longer than that. Had a really successful tour out there, coming back to the U.S. for the first time in a long time. Selling out a lot of places. People just loved hearing him doing the old Accept stuff. But... Like everybody else, you know, when it was supposed to end, it kind of didn't end. Now he's back out doing <laughs> Except Back to Roots Part 2. So hopefully this will be the last one. Not that I'm upset about it. I mean, I love seeing Udo live. He's always great. Killer frontman on stage and hearing him do the classic Accept songs. That's pretty cool, too. But when you say you're going to do something and end it, I just feel you should do it. I mean, I know, like, you know, so many bands do that with the retirement tours, and it's kind of to generate publicity and maybe get people to come in. I know it's a little different with a lot of the underground bands, but hopefully he will wrap it up this time and get back to the Udo music. We will have Udo on the show, I believe, the first Sunday in March. Uh, They're kicking off their tour right here in New York City at the Gramercy on the 28th. I will be there at the show. I will probably get interview interview Udo live that day and then play the interview next week uh, because I won't have time to get it on that Sunday night. Or maybe I will. I don't even know. We'll have to see. But uh, that's what's going to happen. So I'll be out and about. It'll be the first show for me in uh, 2018. So we'll see how the year goes after that. All right. Next week, we got a killer lineup for everybody. We're going to have to have an extended show. All the guests are live, and we got three of them. Vixen, she's the lead singer for Thunderstick. We had uh, Barry Perkins on a while ago. This is his new singer. She also fronts a band called Black Rose. Our good friend David Reese from Saint the Sinner. I love this band. It's got that all white snake vibe to it. This is the second record they put out. Uh, it's just an amazing album. I absolutely love this one. David Reese will be on the show, and uh, like in The Godfather, when he you know takes care of all family business, we cleared out the books of all the people that were supposed to be on the show that backed out, and we're getting them all back on. Most of them this month. Uh, next week we have Doug Lee from Siren. Even though Doug didn't screw us, he had he was busy that night working and he gave us plenty of notice. So it isn't like he didn't answer the phone when we called, like a lot of artists do. Uh, he had to uh, work that night, so we rescheduled Doug. He will be on live this Sunday night. I'm looking forward to him because I'm a big Siren fan from back in the day, and you know to hear a lot of these stories and what's going on with the group now. It'll be fun to talk to him and all these other artists. All right, let's get back to the music. We got enough time for two or three more songs before we wrap it up here today. How about a little Shock Paris Battle Cry?
Demon Flight with the Dead of the Night. We're down to the last five minutes of the show. We're going to wrap it up with one more tune and call it a night here. I know it's Super Bowl Sunday, but uh, if you're listening to this show, you're not really much of a sports fan. Neither am I, to be honest with you. But uh, I will go check out a little bit of the game now that the show is almost over. Uh, Let me see. I already told you who's on the show next week. I want to thank Neil Wilkinson from Spartan Warrior. Man, they put out some killer record. Go pick it up on Pure Steel. Pure Steel's putting out pretty much every band's albums these days. So go and grab a copy of Hell the Pain. Support the band. I want to thank Gary from Tankard. They have a new Best of compilation out right now on AFM Records. Let me see. What can we do tonight to close things out and call it a night? I mean, so I was reading before I'm blabbing about uh, my buddy Sebastian Bach was saying that Donald Trump and Axel Rose is the reason that the internet is not fun anymore. And that's exactly how I feel about music when Axel, when, uh, when Sebastian Bach puts out a new record. I feel the exact same way, so I know what he's talking about. All right, here's what we got. Let me see here. Look for something that'll fill up five minutes of time. How about Obsession with the Execution? Take care, everybody. Have a great week. I'll see you next Sunday night. we got an action-packed show. Three guests, all live next week. I'll see you then. Take care.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.